Yes, we do. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name is TC Steve, the voice of your valley. Plumber Sense News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on! people out there, all of our little cities, communities out there. We're so happy to have you here with us. Ah, just looking at the clock, man. This is going to be quick getting this one in. Trying to give away the uh, trying to give away all the goodies our listeners love. I don't know who the winner was at 9 o'clock. Hey, we were talking in the 8 o'clock hour. Hey, welcome to Citizen Watch. My name is Casey Steed. The voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Every Saturday, that's for you, Maryland. We try to get with you oh my computer's going nuts here all right well here we are saturday morning the 26th of september that's right it's the last uh, week of september going into what's next october october halloween will there be trick-or-treating i don't think so i have a feeling that that you talk about x-raying the candy you're gonna have to swab your candy you have a nasal test on the on the uh, Mars bar there. I don't know. I mean, that's the the wor- the least you need to worry about is razor blades this year. At least you can see razor blades. The COVID. Oh my lord! And then everybody reaching into the bowl. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You'd have to immerse the candy in hand sanitizer, and I imagine that wouldn't taste very good. So really sad. I remember last year. God, was it last year? I think it was. It's been so hard to believe that this. This pandemic seemed like it seemed as if it has gone on more than the eight months it has. But I remember they had a haunted house out there at the fairgrounds. I think it was the first year they did that kind of a maze. Remember that haunted maze? Then you could shoot the, uh, they had the uh, uh, the living dead, night of the walking dead, whatever. It was kind of the mummy exhibit. <laughs> you could nail these guys with paintball guns. You talk about fun. Casa, we took our Casa children out there. It was just a blast. But I got very sick because, uh, and I don't know if it was from there. It happened coincidentally after that. But they had all this black plastic hanging down in these mazes. And you'd walk through and, you know, just, and people are screaming and breathing. You know, now, looking back, especially in light of, you know, the, wear the mask anywhere, stay, you know, stay six feet under the ground or six feet away or wherever you're, I guess we'll all be six feet away from each other at some point. But it's it's just amazing that we uh, intermingled as close as we did, especially going through this maze with the plastic hanging in front of your face, you know, the people screaming, the breath. Oh, it was just, and I got, I think I got the flu. I don't know. But then again, it was October and maybe it was early COVID because I've been just fine ever since. And who knows? Maybe we have that herd immunity. Didn't you love that Rosari commercial we had for a while? No bull. Oh, I loved it. Anyway, I'm jumping around because I want to get back into this uh, dissertation from Matt Serrato, candidate for mayor, current city councilman, city of Merced, talking about homelessness. If you missed the first part, well, that's why we have podcasts. You'll have to go back to the last segment of the 8 o'clock hour, last hour, and hear me start into this. I'm reading from a Facebook post he put on his campaign website talking about homelessness, which is the number one problem in Merced. Everybody can agree that homelessness is the number one problem in Merced. Everybody knows that. It's number one at all the town halls. You hear the business owners. I remember one town hall 
lady was watching it live on Facebook or whatever, the city uh, TV station. She came down so upset, said her piece, walked out. Police are fine. Hey, hey, we want to talk to you. You know, we want to try to solve your problem. And again, it's a, it's a big deal. So where I, uh, where, I, where I left off is Matt saying in his post, the unfortunate reality is that many of our businesses are under nightly assault from people on the street, a large percentage of those with mental health issues. Another unfortunate reality is that many people do not feel safe walking around Merced. Notably, downtown and around the creeks, parks, and bike paths. We need to do better. And I say we because that's what he says. And I, uh, I can understand that. You know, really the whole town. I, I don't care what part of town you're in. Uh, used to be certain parts of town were, uh, well, they didn't make it out that far. Now, everywhere. Especially with this distributed model of housing. I don't think people realize how that affects things uh, in not a good way. Let's see. I go on from his article. There is a ton to do as it takes considerable work just to tread water. It is rooted in many intractable problems, which means hard to solve. Mental illness, drug addiction, drug addiction and housing affordability. Uh, many people are just down on their luck. Well, you know, down on your luck is one thing, and uh, again, families help out. But I, I agree, the mental illness, especially the drug addiction, housing affordability, that's always been a problem, really, since the turn of the century when we had the boom, boom, boom. Uh, it did go down for a little bit, but now it's it's out of sight, and I don't think it's ever going to come down. When you look at the regulation put on housing, quote-unquote affordable housing is anything but we hear the Childs and B complex uh, touted lately. It's one, it's taken about four years to get that thing off a of dead center. And the cost per unit, I think I calced it out one time, and correct me if I'm not far off, 800000 a unit. And these are apartments, basically, folks. And there's just a few of them that are set aside for uh, the homeless in itself. I'm trying to think. I think he has, let's see, here it is. Yeah, two major Merced city. I'm reading from Matt's. Uh, appendix here at the bottom. Two major city of Merced affordable housing pro uh, complexes with 30 beds set aside for the mentally ill and 10 for homeless vets. Groundbreaking soon to open in 2022. Of course, the 100-bed rescue mission, 100-plus uh, bed rescue mission complex on Cone Avenue. Hopefully done by 2022. And the, uh, uh, the Navigation Center. And I want to talk about the Navigation Center a little bit. So Matt says, uh, you know, it's a lot of problems. Some people are just down on their luck. Managing homelessness is simple at its core. Get people off the street into housing and back on their feet. And it is. It's just that simple. Simple. You know, homelessness. You don't have a home. But there's lots of other things that go with that. Why don't you have a home? Why can't you pay rent? Why can't you maintain, as they say? Matt's view is this. An effective local homeless infrastructure requires three levels of placement or housing. Matt would love to see this sort of general framework as a community and people rally around it. One, and, and this is the, the one I, I, I don't know if it's going to go over real big. An approved outdoor encampment area with as minimal an impact as possible to the surrounding community. Now, that's a big ask right there, because how do you have an outdoor encampment area for homeless with the most minimal impact to the surrounding community, unless the community is 
the county dump out there at Highway 59 or the landfill in Los Banos, I don't see how it's going to not impact the surrounding community because wherever the homelessness have decided to camp in our community, it looks like a dump. Currently, we devote an enormous amount of resources to changing... I'm reading from Matt's uh, Facebook post. Matt Serrato, candidate for mayor. Currently, we devote an enormous amount of resources to changing, chasing people around from one spot to the next, from Applegate Park to Santa Fe to Bear Creek to downtown to the freeway on ramps and so on. And our time could be spent much more productive Productively. Well, of course it could. We need an acceptable place to allow these people to be, but that will require some difficult community conversations. Well, you know, when we talk about having an acceptable place for these people to be, the reason that we chase them from Santa Fe to Applegate to Bear Creek to downtown to the freeway off ramps is because their behavior is not acceptable. It's very, very simple. It's a two-way street. It's like owning property. You have rights to own personal property, private property, excuse me. Private property rights are enshrined in this country. It's one of the foundations of this country. But you have responsibilities as a private property owner, uh, just as you have responsibilities as a citizen. As a member of the community, and these, people's, these people are members of the community. It's been proven that most of them are from the community. At some time, they don't necessarily go to some other town and try to be homeless. They become homeless in the community they're in. But to say that we need an acceptable place to allow people to be, to be what? To be drug addicts, to be shooting up Uh, intravenously in front of uh, all the citizens of this town as we see now? I don't think so. And when we talk about difficult community conversations, well, we're not talking about Roger's show. No, we're talking about where are you going to put this and how are you going to enforce it? Fresno's tried this. Or excuse me, Modesto tried this along the creek there, along the river, the Stanislaus River. didn't go very well at all. And this, this low barrier where you just let everybody do what they're going to do. Well, wait a minute. What about the D Street shelter, the navigation center? I thought this was the answer because, again, Matt says homelessness is, a simple, is very simple at its core to manage. Get people off the street, into housing, and back on their feet. Now, if they have mental illness or drug addiction, that's called getting back on your feet. Addressing those demons, addressing those problems. Homelessness, that is a big problem. And Matt talks about them. Permanent placements, long-term housing, often houses that are acquired by nonprofits. Big policy goal here, he says, is affordable housing is extremely expensive to build. And it is. Has to be done at prevailing wage. Usually it's HUD money. Has to be built to certain standards. It's really, I mean, they could build the thing out of mahogany. It's, it's so expensive per square foot compared to what we call market rate housing. And again, when we talk housing, we could be talking multifamily condos, apartments. doesn't need to be single family detached dwellings. It could also be tiny houses, efficiency dwelling units. It could be a lot of different things, but it needs to be defined what it is when it's being built. Matt goes on, we need to change that, how expensive affordable housing is to build. 
finding options to better utilize taxpayer money, allowing us to do more. Well, I agree 100%. And if you can get the requirements changed where we can use those federal grant, the federal money, the grant money any way we want, that would be the way to go. That would be the way to go because right now we're forced into paying uh, really almost twice as much as we should per square foot. For all this to work, you need the proverbial carrot and the stick. Now, the carrot and the stick uh, refer to reward and punishment. The stick is the punishment, and the carrot is the reward. Some people may turn that around because I don't, I'm not crazy about carrots, but uh, the, the idea is that you some incentive, uh, the threat of punishment for people to move forward with the right thing to do. Now, I don't know the carrot and the stick, who he's talking about, if it's uh, to the homeless, if it's to people, to the private community, to, to tax themselves more for more money or what, but I think we have a lot of sticks in our arsenal, and there's a lot of money out there being spread on homeless that has been for many, many years, the continuum of despair, or excuse me, the continuum of care in this county uh, going on 15 years now. I think it was a 10-year, decade-long effort to end homelessness in the community. And again, as Matt has said uh, in the last paragraph, which I started first, so while there have been a tremendous amount of work put into the homeless over the past few years with many successes won, our community has yet to see any of the benefits. So after 15 years with the uh, continuum of care, that's the reason uh, I use the word despair, because there have not been any benefits the community has really seen. Matt goes on, but you also need effective management of your public spaces, meaning you cannot tolerate law-breaking, open drug use, and the kind of behavior that makes people feel unsafe and ruins the cities for families and businesses. You don't need to have a family just as a citizen. Quality of life issues in this town are absolutely huge. Cities that are excessively tolerant of this sort of behavior do so at the expense of so many of their productive, law-abiding citizens. And we have to look no further than the Bay Area for the rot, the decay, the urban decay, the quality of life that is uh, de the de degradation of the de quality of life that's gone on, on up there in the Bay Area. And what's really exacerbating it now is with the COVID crisis, and people being at home and not having to go out and work, they're realizing that hey, you know what? I don't have to. Uh, I don't. I don't have to live in the Bay Area. I don't have to pay these big expenses. I can. I hear Tahoe is getting a lot of real estate concerns because you know with the internet you can you can be anywhere. So if you're making that kind of juice, why not uh, that kind of coin? Why not move somewhere where you really uh, can enjoy your life? So. Uh, again, people tolerant of this sort of behavior do so at the expense of many of their productive citizens. And so we don't want our town turning worse than it is. The huge achievement of the last, Matt goes on, the huge achievement of the last few years has been planning and now building of this infrastructure. When I first got involved a few years ago, we had very limited tools to address homelessness. Thanks to the work of so many, within two years, we will have all the tools we could ask for. I don't know if it's all the tools we could ask for, but I think you couple that with the tools we currently have. And one of them is the Navigation Center. Now, that's going to be 75 beds, as you know, over there on, uh, well, it's by the old County Mental Health Building. 
And that's something that has been touted as a, a great, great thing. Uh, we need to have that so that we have a place for these people to go. And supposedly the enforcement is going to happen. That's what we were told. We need to have a place for them to go because there's been some court decisions that you just can't uh, ticket your way out of homeless, uh, charge people with vagrancy, loitering, uh, that sort of thing, just because they don't have a place to go. As a city, you have to have a place for them to go. And that was part of the navigation, part of the uh, reason for the navigation center, as as well as the regional homeless plan that was trotted out a few, uh, what, a year or so ago. And part of that was this uh, distributed model of homelessness where they distribute the misery to the different communities by placing the homeless in the communities they're from. Again, they found that you know, folks who are homeless in Las Banas probably came from Las Banas. So why have them at the county seat here in Merced if they could best be served by being in Los Banos? So that's the idea of the distributed model and what they're doing is going out and buying homes. And when I say they, the nonprofits that get this money because they found that's the way to go. You give the money to the nonprofits and they don't have the same constrictions as much. Well, they have some, but it's not as much as the uh, builders that are going out and building these Taj Mahals out of mahogany with HUD money and that sort of thing. So Bruce Metcalf, he's one that comes to mind. There are others that have gone out and, and bought homes in neighborhoods and placed people there. They've been doing this for years. And like I say, some of the problems is as this becomes more pervasive, people might notice changes in their neighborhood. But again, as, as Matt said, uh, we can't tolerate this. So the, the navigation center was going to be kind of a big countywide effort uh, to, to solve all of this. And now when I hear that that's just one prong and the number one thing is an approved outdoor encampment area, I don't see that working. I think we need to uh, be a little tougher on that. I don't, need, I don't think we should condone outdoor camping. It's not outdoor camping. It's, uh, it's homelessness. And Matt admits the way to reduce homelessness is to provide a home and try to provide the services so people can function. And a lot of this is mental illness and drug addiction. I hate to tell you, it's really, really sad how much of this is uh, brought on by people's uh, personal behavior. So it's only right that they somewhat be held accountable because of that behavior. And I know the Navigation Center is a great thing. Right now it's 75 beds. According to the presentation at the Merced City Council, it could be doubled with 150 beds by using bunk beds, basically two stacks. But what concerns me is with the COVID crisis, and that's going to be with us, I, they say forever, or are we going to be able to use the Navigation Center It was as it was originally intended? Because 150 beds, that's quite a... Quite a few people we could take off the streets or have. And again, that's a 24-7 facility, my friends, 24-7. So I, I think that it's something that we really need to look at closely. What this navigation center, how it's going to be used, if it really is the end all. Because it's my understanding, if you can't find room at the D Street shelter, the navigation center, and there's room there, and you're misbehaving, this urban camping, whatever it is, you're going to be cited and are taken to sandy mush i i understand or to jail i understand that uh, the law enforcement wants to be more aggressive in some of these quality of life issues and again they haven't been able to because they haven't had a place to direct people and, and this the courts have said until you get that in place i don't know if we need the the homeless camp 
do we do we need an outdoor encampment area we have an outdoor encampment area now it's most of the on-ramps it's the railroad tracks and it's the creeks and i don't know if you'll ever have an approved outdoor encampment area so again i i wanted to bring this up this is part one of a multi-part plan of matt serratos and again i give him credit for trying to talk about these issues acknowledging many times how uh, how much lack of success we've had with all of the money that's been shotgunned at this thing over the past decade and a half uh, continues to be uh, money's continued to be sent that way this navigation center i believe uh, i forget the number so many numbers in my head six and a half million uh, a couple of million dollars a year to run it now the the devil's in the details on that. We only got the money to build it and to operate it for, I believe, two years. I know we're a little bit behind on the building. It took them a long time to buy those storage containers. They're bolting them together as we speak. But again, will be they will will they be able to use them with the COVID? Will people go there? I don't know if you can force them there. That's where you get the carrot and the stick that Matt talks about. The tough love, if you will. The penalties if you don't do as I say. And I, I think that's uh, something that's been necessary, something that's been missing in this community. There's absolutely, you know, at the state level, we've decriminalized so many things where felonies are now misdemeanors. They're not even charged. We see people on the freeway getting caught with incredible amounts of drugs and money. Benny, our famous canine, sniffs them out, and they're still filling out the paperwork, and the guy's on his way with a ticket. And there's not a lot of deterrent in that the same way with the homeless issue they've pretty much taken over they go with impunity in our community and they're making it uh, very very hard to live in so i hope that matt uh, talks more about this issue and some real uh, especially from an enforcement side as you know he works at the merced county district attorney's office in his other job he's a, currently a city councilman wants to be mayor but as a district attorney he knows the limitations legally of charging folks uh, again not all the crimes that are referred to the district attorney's office are, are charged very few are actually and some of these quality of life issues really gum up the system because there's so many you need to have an effective way to do it and that's why the navigation center was going to be uh, that effective way so anyway just to let you know where we're at we're out of time for this segment of citizen watch we'll talk more about homelessness and the candidates uh very good uh, candidate profiles in the Merced County Times. They're doing a really good job on covering the candidates. You don't see much in the Merced Sunstar. I don't even know if they have a, a staff here anymore. But, hey, we'll be back with more information as it becomes available when we can on Citizen Watch. You stick with us. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. I wasn't even ready for the, I wasn't even ready for the out song yet. I'll tell you, that's how, that's how quick it gets here, folks. We do it all. At least we try. Anyway, we'll see you next week uh, in October. Can you believe it? We're already through the end of the month. Huh. All right. I'll see you later. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 and KYOS. Bye-bye.